0: All right, team, I sat down with the founder of Ithaca Hummus, Chris Kirby. Awesome story. He started this company in his dorm room, and now you could find his product, Ithaca Hummus, on the shelves of some of America's largest grocery stores and grocery change, uh, chains. He's competing against some of the biggest brands in the space, and something tells me he's going to find his way to the top of that space and the top of that category so sit back and enjoy this great entrepreneurial story somebody had a vision somebody had a dream and he acted on it and he made it happen so enjoy this episode and if you do give us a thumbs up and give us a like how are you good how you doing
1: i'm doing well all right um easy little morning how about you yeah same man
0: uh, where are you where are you located
1: uh raleigh north carolina
0: okay i'm actually up um right now you went to school at Cornell, right? Yeah. So um, I'm actually right now. I have a farm up in the town of Green, New York. Have you oh, heard of Green? Cool. It's just just outside of Bingham, just outside of Binghamton. So
1: not not too far, I guess, from your old stomping grounds. Oh, I know Binghamton very well. <laughs> um, I shouldn't say that. I know the Binghamton Johnson City Wegmans very well. Oh yeah, I know four walls. Okay, <laughs> Three, so.
0: Yeah, I I uh, I'm very familiar with that as well. So I split time between uh here and and Florida. So we'll be passing you on the way down in a couple uh in about 8 weeks. So Okay. Cool.
1: So you like half of the year kind of or mixed but yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. We um so what we got a farm up here like in November. So it's a cattle farm. So we're raising raising beef and doing all that good stuff. So it's a lot of fun just to be uh out on the out on the land you know
1: yeah and also controlling your food source and you know what 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 they eat and how they're raised and exactly that's really cool
0: cool. yeah it is it is and and it's a lot of fun because you get to like you said control all that but you also start asking questions like well why wouldn't you just raise the animals this way and and it's the same with all food and and actually it's a good segue and and i this is this show is more of a conversation than anything. Um, I actually came across your uh, your brand, not at, not at the Wegmans in Johnson City, but down in Florida at, in a Publix. And my wife and I, we were doing this uh, fast, and it's called the um, Daniel Fast. And we could only eat certain stuff. So for years, and I'm in the field of performance and health and development, and I figured, well, hummus is hummus. So I start looking at the labels and I, I look at a, a sabra container and I say, wow, I didn't realize there was so much stuff in hummus. And then I, I see yours and I say, what is this? And, and, you know, being from New York, I see Ithaca. I said, okay, Ithaca, New York. Okay. I turn it around and there's hardly any ingredients. So then I take it home and my wife and I, we just became big fans ever since that moment and try all the different flavors. And, and it's, it's amazing. Cause it's such, it, you know, it's very simple how you, how you put it together in regards to the ingredients. So that's uh, that's how I became a, a loyal follower of the Ithaca brand.
1: Well, uh, there is nothing better to, to me than hearing stories like that. And so, first of all, thank you. And also I think mutually thank you to Publix, right? Because they have been such an amazing partner to us. And um, we're we're so lucky to be in their stores and doing well in Florida. Um, Mm. And uh, look, I mean, what you just said is exactly what we want to hear. It's exactly what I want to hear. I'll start with that. Yeah. As an extension of that, it's what we want to hear as a brand. Um, It's about, you know, to me um commercializing local and and localizing commercial and like I feel yeah. like there's a lot of work to be done in that space in our food system and yeah. that's what I'm really passionate about and uh it's good to know that that work delivers a result um that's meaningful to consumers and meaningful to you so thank you for sharing that no you
0: got it you know mo- most consumers cuz you know I coach a lot of athletes and executives on their performance and they don't you know they again they look at it like well, hummus uh, or a granola bar, and they just, they look at that and they say, okay, it must be good, but they don't oftentimes go the next step to see what is actually, what are the ingredients here? So, I just found it great that, that you kept it very simple and delivered big time on taste and gave a variety of flavors, and you can eat healthy, eat simple, and get a good nutritional return on what it is that
1: you're ingesting. Yeah. So Ingredient, ingredients to me, they're like, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like having kids, you know, like you, 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 you want enough and maybe some, maybe, maybe you want none. Right. But <laughs> uh, you want, you want enough, but, but not too many. Cause, yeah. cause you only only have a couple, it's easier to manage, you know, yeah. our, our ingredients, we do have, you know, our, our, our lemon garlic, which is our first, I want to say it has seven or eight ingredients in it. You know, I don't have it memorized, but, um, it, that allows us to look at every single one of them. We have a lot of conversations about the difference between canola oil or other vegetable oils, sunflower oil of which there are different tiers and the organic hyalic sunflower oil that we use in our product and the balance of omega-6s and omega-3s. And you know, we're able to really dig into those things yeah. and make the right decision on behalf of our community. Uh, Because we don't have 50 ingredients, right? It's just, we buy one um, uh, uh, sunflower oil and we make sure that it's it's the best one and and it's easy that way.
0: Yeah, and I would think too, you know, based on the taste, based on the the effort that you guys put into this and the limited ingredients, people appreciate that. They're also willing to pay a few bucks more, um, you know, for that, knowing that here's a company that cares about, you know, my health and what it is that I'm taking in. And they haven't taken the
1: easy way out. Totally. And I think you could, the best way to, to the the best way to, to to, to communicate something like that, to a consumer, I feel is, I'm sorry. It's okay. um, Is by showing them, you know, by giving them a reason to believe without you actually having to say that, right? Yeah. And so we've always had the product that delivers and, and incites that reaction and gets the word of mouth that really drives our growth. Um and as we've grown and, and gotten better at what we do, we we've also gotten better at telling that story, breaking it down a little bit because it's there's a lot there. There's a lot to understand. There's a lot that's gone into the product that we have and developing it. Yeah. And um, you know, so we have to unpack that in bite-sized pieces.
0: Yeah. Chris, how did you get the idea for this, you know, for a homeless company?
1: It, it, you know, it didn't start with the product. A lot of times I feel like it does, you know, you, 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 an entrepreneur will have a need in their life for something, and then they create a solution for that. And that's their business. And that works really well. For me, it was a little bit more like, who am I? What do I have? What, what can I bring to the world? Mm. Um, which I started my career as a chef. So food, you know, yeah. As I mentioned be- before, like I've always been interested in taking something that's really good when you go to a restaurant or when you make it at home, mm. but then it, it just falls flat when you buy it from the grocery store. How do you like how do you solve that problem on a commercial level, not just mm. at the farmer's market? You know, like we want to yeah. solve the problem here. And um Hummus, uh, as I, when I was going to school at Cornell, after my chef career, started to learn about the category and, and what a category is and how you look at a category. And, um, you know, it was just not growing as quickly as it, I felt like should have been, this is the original plant based dip, you know, um, some of the healthiest cultures in, in all of human civilization, this has been the center of their plate. And, um, I just felt like it, it, I could drive that more, yeah, solving that quality problem and that freshness problem, and so I started very small at a farmer's market, and then you know one store at a time kind of have grown from there
0: now, now did you start when you say at a farmer's market, was it while you were still in school at cornell or or when did this journey start for you?
1: So I actually applied to Cornell, knowing that I wanted to start a business when I got there i was twenty six okay. finishing an undergraduate bachelor's degree, okay. So I got to, to to Ithaca and within the first week I'd been to the farmer's market. I, I was like, you know, if this farmer's market does not have a hummus stand, like I know that. And I got there and I was like frantically looking like, where is it? I know somebody's going to be on and they didn't have it. And so I, I just got so supercharged, like from that. It was like, I had been so wor- worried about that. And then I got there and it, and it was like a dream come true. And then I just, that energy just took me into it. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I had a, I was the hummus person a month later at the market. Yeah. At, at the Ithaca farmer's market. At the Ithaca farmer's market. And then I spent the next two and a half years building the, launching it and, and finishing my, my degree. So I was going to school and, and did it at the same time.
0: Okay. Very cool. So I'm, I'm guessing uh, when it came to putting the recipe together, you t- you had the background as a chef where you, I mean, was this something you were, you were formulating, uh, in your, you know, college, uh, apartment or dorm?
1: Yeah, I had a, I had a time tested, you know, battle proven formula for, <laughs> um, for hummus. Hummus is one of those foods where it's like noodles, you know, on a little bit of a, Smaller regional scale, but like every Middle Eastern country kind of has their spin on it. Okay. Through my culinary journey, I found and, and became friends with a lot of a handful of Lebanese people in Washington, DC. Um, and I, I found theirs to be the best. It was yeah. lemony. It didn't have as much tahini in it. Mm, yep. And the garlic wasn't roasted, it was fresh and 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 almost a little um, spicy tasting. Okay loved it always have it had been on many menus of mine post that but before starting at the Cahamas, and um so i had the formula and we started with that one flavor
0: yeah see i, I think it's so cool how you built this too because it's it's very you know it's, it's a very organic build it's saying hey i have an idea for a business um you know i had these experiences with friends i realized that this category was underserved at my local farmers market and here i am i i take this recipe that I am familiar with, and I start just going to a local market and selling it, and then you build velocity off of that. and And what I've seen at the Ithaca Farmers Market, I mean, there's a lot of traffic there. So you you probably spread your brand locally, and you know, to all the parents of the students that come into town. And I'm guessing is that how it how it started to build?
1: Oh, I, absolutely that, that farmers market. The Ithaca farmer's market sees 5,000 people on a weekend, you know, when, uh, when, so think about that, you know, you show up somewhere with any product. I don't care what it is, yeah. but especially something that you can taste and it's, it's lights out. If, if it's, if it's good, you're going to have 5,000 people talking about it. And yeah. um, we had l- like two solid years of that to start and all of the conversations and learning and, consumer community building and 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 bonding that comes with that yeah and so that was just a really solid base to build from
0: yeah now you said that you went to cornell wanting to leave and build you know be ready to build and building a business did you have any business experience prior to i mean as a young kid were you somebody that was you know a seller a mover and a shaker or or what
1: oh yeah for sure i mean I think, uh, my, my grandmother, my mom's mom outed me when I was probably in the two to three range and, and labeled me as the salesman. And, uh, from there, it was just like the beanie baby craze. I I figured out a way to, to, to profit a few hundred bucks off of that and buy a boom box and, you know, cutting long or whatever, you know, it was always about how do I make some value and add to put some money in my pocket. And, uh. And I think that's what I, one of the things I liked about culinary and restaurants was that the path to owning my own was very understandable, it was linear. You know? Okay. And, um, but then I got into that and just didn't, I didn't, couldn't do it for the rest of my life yeah. and made a change. Now, now, and where did you grow up? Uh, Just outside of Baltimore
0: in Maryland. Okay. Got it. Nice, nice area. Very
1: blue collar area too, right? Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, the town I grew up in, is called Linthicum, Maryland. Okay. And, and I would say per capita, there's just more, um, salt of the earth, like work yeah. hard, um, people there than, than you would find. And I love that about where I'm from.
0: Is, is that near Reister town? Is that out that way?
1: Yeah it's close it's like 30 minutes uh west west okay. of where up. Yeah. Like. Yep. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen I've seen it on the map. <laughs> oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah.
0: So so Chris for you so you're selling at the market, you're gaining velocity and traction. What what was the pivot point for you where you said, "Hey, we we have something here like we could actually now go bring this to, you know, to um, you know, to retail stores and to grocery
1: immediately." I I I was, as soon as we had product, I was trying to ram it into every place i possibly could so that okay. we could sell as much as possible so you know uh we would make it uh, at night after school i would make it at night after school okay the weekends were big because we'd have a saturday market and a sunday market we had a tuesday market and um then the other days during the day when i could i would go visit shops wineries coffee places mm-hmm. little. Natural, the natural foods gro- uh, grocery store in town and um within six months we were probably on about 20 or so shelves huh and then that's when i could go start talking to a distributor so i didn't have to like take it around in my car anymore because okay. i had at decent size something to give them right and then they had like 50 more that they could give me and then it was just it's just like a food chain cycle thing that okay. it's, it's like a rinse and repeat thing all, all over again
0: yeah, because some you know some people that don't understand how how it works, they may think like every store that it's in, you had to go and to every single store, and and get it in. In the beginning, yes, but then you find a, a distributor that that you connect with and work well with, and sees your vision and knows that your product has legs.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You you start out as just like a crazy person with a trunk full of whatever you're selling and a dog or whatever, and you're driving around, but eventually you can start to plug in to, you know, the, the systems that have been built and in, in whatever the industry is. And for me, you know, distribution was a big one and yeah. manufacturing eventually became one for us. And, you know, you just, yeah, but it was very incremental one, yeah. one at the time.
0: So yeah, yeah. Cause you know, some people may watch this and and they may be where you were at school and they get caught up in the, you know, how am I going to do this? You know, how am I going to finance this? And it sounds like you're just saying, Hey, just start, just get in it and, and keep moving, be passionate. And your product will start to, the market will tell you what your product is and, uh, and the legs that it has.
1: Yep. and, and, You mentioned financing and and entrepreneurs get caught up on money they get caught up on money i mean because it's easy to do yeah it's an easy excuse right the answer is usually sell more go sell more you know don't you don't need to you don't need start small be take the small little steps don't bite off more than you can chew and spend a lot of time selling do things that are going to generate revenue yeah
0: Yeah. It's interesting that you say that another friend of mine, um, happens to be a King down in down in Baltimore and Kevin Plank. And oh, he says, yeah. he says the same thing. He said so many people today, they're, they're worried about financing and raising money that they forget that they should be outselling their product and using that money to gain more velocity behind the product.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, it's not an idea, um, pitch contest, you know, And the it's yeah. about, it's about sales. So, and it's, and it's, always been about that for me and for us. And I think that served us well.
0: Yeah. Now the food, the food space is a crowded space. There's a lot of action in it. It's a difficult space at times. How did you break in and, and, and sort of, you know, carve your way? Like, how did you get on the shelf as, um, a smaller brand relative to some of these bigger brands that are, you know, being constantly infused with dollars?
1: I mean, it's like, it's like the little stream that turns into a Canyon, you know, it, it just by focusing on the customers we had and not chasing the ones that we didn't by, you know, um, making sure that quality and supply were taken care of. Yeah. Um, supporting, supporting our customers and, and using success, um, with where we are today to go secure the future that we want tomorrow, you know, using that as a case study selling story, look at what we're doing in our original store, you know, and then you go to the next one and, you know, you you just start to gain credibility after a while. And, um, but it does take time. It takes time. That doesn't happen overnight.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's gotta, you gotta be excited to to see your product next to some of the, you know, so-called bigger, bigger players and that you're, you're taking some market share from them
1: yeah and you know it's funny I've over time like at the end of the day I think we probably feel the same way about this but when it comes to competition you know I want to win at all costs period it's what it's about um but I have evolved my thinking about our competitors and the space and the category and I've learned that you really have to sell the category first okay you know um, you do because we want the whole thing to grow. Not We don't want it just our piece of the pie. We want to grow the whole pie because okay. then everybody's going to win and more upside for us. So um, it's incredibly humbling to be next to some of these massive conglomerate, multinational brands and companies. Um, but I, I'm excited for the future of the category because I think it, it, it's really going to solve a lot of, challenges that we're going to face in the future
0: and when you when you look at your category are you looking at the category as hummus or are you looking at it as dips and
1: spreads it it kind of depends tactically on what i'm looking for okay more often than not though i like to look at 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 hummus okay dips and spreads though would be yeah we look at that too
0: yeah see the other thing that i that i appreciate about what your your brand your product is that it's so Like, it's it's really, I mean, you know, you walk into a grocery store, you see all this, and it you're niched down all the way to this one. It's, you know, I think stateside, you could almost call it a, a somewhat of an acquired taste specialty item in a way, because not everybody's either, A, been exposed to it, or some people just may not enjoy it.
1: Yep. Yep. I, I, I like it that way. I like yeah. being able to just chip away at it because... It's like an 800 million dollar category that's growing at three percent a year yeah over the last 25 years you know it's 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 exploded yeah and i think um exactly what you said there have been a lot of people who just don't know what it is yet about a third of americans and then um there are also a lot of people who have tried it and lapsed and just not come back to the category yeah and so with a new flavor profile a new offering to come in you know, it's, it's just, it's just how quickly can we afford to acquire customers? And I think it's okay to, to take that a little bit slower than other businesses in our okay. case. Yeah. I find
0: your your, um flavor offering is, is very unique. I mean, the Buffalo flavor that you offer is, is really good. Um, you don't necessarily need the, the, the fat that comes with the wings and the grease, but you get the taste you know in a healthier alternative how do you guys decide on on new flavors
1: um wow that's a it, it probably changes every time uh, how we decide <laughs> on it well when we decided on uh, buffalo ranch that actually started with a meeting with a, a category manager partner of ours and sh- and she was asking for something a little bit more savory and indulgent for mm. the category and so you know we had everything from something sweeter stuff but i don't know i thought of savory not so um uh directly but a little bit more like how do we something that's going to have that crave of craveability factor Mm. um something that's going to be a little bit more mainstream you know if consumers aren't used to the category of hummus let's give them a flavor that they are so that we can infuse hummus and get some growth that way So that's really where, and also Buffalo ranch was kind of a more masculine flavor, which I think is also something that will help grow the category. So all those things combined, plus the fact that we're Western New York company and Buffalo, and we love the bills. And, uh, we intentionally went with ranch instead of blue cheese, which has caused some controversy, controversy in Buffalo. Um, but then once we, once we had the idea we have a uh, director of R and D and our chief operating officer, very talented in formulations. And, uh, I said, I-, I want a hummus that tastes like if I was eating wings and I had my fingers covered in wing sauce and I picked up a celery and I dipped my whole hand in ranch and just put the whole thing in my mouth. That's what it should taste like. And they nailed it. They fucking, yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. exactly that, right? Yeah,
0: it, it it is that. Cause it's, um, it's like the wings without the wings
1: Yeah, and
0: and that's, and, and yeah, I mean, I find myself as a, again, a a brand fan buying uh, from the store, all the pre-cut celery and just, you know, dip and go, dip and go. I got to watch how many dips. I mean, I have to, you, you want me to keep dipping, which I understand. Um, But it's uh, you know, it's, it's fantastic. How, how big is the company in terms of employees um, right
1: now? Uh, 11, 11, on the team.
0: Okay. So that's, that's
1: amazing too. I mean, cause you have
0: pretty strong distribution for only a team of 11, right?
1: Yeah. We're in 9,000 stores nationwide and, um, we are very lean and yeah. green too. You know, like we, we don't have a whole lot of like seasoned experience that yeah. like within that 11, um, which is fun. So yeah. A lot so of it's energy.
0: like, yeah. A lot of energy, a lot of excitement, a lot of, Hey, what does today bring? Today could be the next big deal. Yes. And there's that, that enthusiasm factor. I actually wrote about this this morning. I said, you know, so many people come at at life and business from a scarcity mentality. They say they want to grow, but their energy profile doesn't match that. You know, where yes. you guys, it's like, Hey, we're excited. We are green. We know that we honor it, but man, we're thrilled about what's coming next.
1: Yes. Yeah. You, you, you really, that's such an important thing for me is just looking at the world from a position of not scarcity, you know, of, of, um, yes, know, we are going to try, you know, what do we have to lose? Let's do it. Let's let's, we're going to fail. We're going to change. We're going to, and that alone isn't for everybody, but when you have the right people in that environment, it, it adds energy.
0: Yeah. How do you how do you do it? How do you keep yourself peak and primed mentally? And and I mean, like any business leader, you know, you've experienced failure and knows, and you've experienced probably that that paranoia feeling of you know dollars and cents and how's this going to lead to that? You know, it's common, but how how do you deal with all that and
1: keep yourself peak and primed? I mean, the honest answer is I probably don't you know, I'm not always peak. I'm not always prime, you know, I'm, I'm surrounded by people though, that, that, that know both sides and vice versa. And we work together, you know, and, um, but, you know, the answer that I think I owe you is, is, you know, the things that work for me are like when I'm getting good, consistent sleep, exercise, mental health is huge, you know, Um, meditation really works well for me. Um, I just want to, is that something
0: you participate in daily, the the exercise and the meditation, or is that you, you aim to do it daily, but it's what, how does it look for you?
1: Aim to aim to, I know that at my, like the more, the better, right? The, when I'm at my peak, yeah, 15 minutes, twice a day. You know, meditating at the beginning and the end and, you know, doing something that makes me sweat and gets my heart rate up every day. Okay.
0: Yeah. It's amazing how so many business leaders are waking up to this now, but, you know, in years past, it was like, Hey, go to your drop. And there's that fine line of building a company and building a great company and making sure that you're along, you know, you're there to enjoy it as you, as you build it, as opposed to just going so hard and then you fall off. And that's it
1: (laughs) I've done that. I've done it that way. I've done it it that way for a long time. Um, before I had, before I was an entrepreneur, as a chef, you know, it was burning as hard and fast as you possibly can. And that's how I ran the company for the first four or five years too. Hmm. And it took time to really develop myself so that I could, I was fit and and ready to grow.
0: Yeah. So the company's based out of the Northeast and you're in the Carolinas. Yeah. How, how have you, is that something that's new? Has it always been like that? Have you always been dispersed or what?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, no. So I, it it started in Ithaca and, um, for the first three years, it kind of grew there. Then we moved and we partnered with a a manufacturing company in Rochester, New York called Lodestri Foods. They've actually since become a partner in our business as well, okay. um, and we moved the whole company to Rochester. So our headquarters is there. We've got an office um, downtown Rochester, and so that has grown. and And I've been here for in Raleigh for the last three and a half years. Okay, and
0: I, and I guess you know, digitally today, it's easier than ever to, to stay connected. Everybody's experiencing it and dealing with it anyway.
1: Yeah. Well, when I moved down here, it was we were a team of two, it was me and Frank. And Frank okay. is our chief operating officer. And um, he had like a shoebox office in Rochester and I had a like co-working space here. Okay. And I was selling and he was taking care of operations. And we did it like that for probably a year with some small help along the way. And um, so it just was built that way. Yeah, you know, in
0: current form. That's cool. And how do you how do you go about managing the growth of the company? Because I mean, I'm sure you've seen some pretty sharp accelerations over the years. And um, you know, you don't have the industry experience of 20, 30 years where you've seen this before. How have you? I know you said being green is, is an advantage, but how do you manage the growth? Because sometimes your product could just grow at a speed that you may not be ready for, or oftentimes are not ready for.
1: Yeah. Um, all team. It's all team. It's all 100% team. And so not ready for growth could come from, yeah, quality, um, manufacturing, and actually f- and fulfillment, um, cash flow, not being able to finance big orders. You know, those are, those are the three big ones that come to mind. And yeah. I would say Frank and his team manage all three of those. And I don't, I don't really have to worry about it. Okay, cool.
0: I love that. I got two more questions for you and then we're out. What What would you say most excites you about the future of food?
1: The need for thinking outside of the box and coming up with solutions that, to problems that we don't quite have yet. Got
0: it. I like that. It.
1: We, we need that. We need that. Have to have it.
0: Yeah. I think you also alluded to this earlier when you said um, sort of taking that local and bringing it to big retail, but still maintaining the local feel. Yep. Yeah, I, I I appreciate that. Lastly, I call this the becoming a champion show. I, I like to interview champions like you. What does the word champion mean
1: to you? Hmm. Wow. It means being um, the most successful that you can that that you can be at at whatever. The thing that you want to be successful is yeah um yeah i think like gold medals and olympics but but also i think more importantly like if you're if you're happy inside and you're feeling good and you're you know i feel like that's uh that's probably one of the best champion that you can be right
0: yeah i mean that's i think that's what everybody i always say everybody's chasing happiness they find all different alternative routes to get there but really it's like, well, if I get this much, you know, money, I'll be happy. Or if I build this brand, I'll be happy. So it, all I always say all roads lead to the desire for happiness.
1: Right? Yeah. Yes. It's a it's yeah, it's an internal thing. It's an internal thing, not an external thing.
0: Yeah. I think when you realize that distinction between the two, you know, that you you can't go find happiness. You have the choice of, of whether you know you are or not. It makes the road a little different. Makes your path a bit different.
1: Agreed. It does. You you just look at things differently. You're looking for different things. You're looking for different things that are going to fulfill you, you know? Yeah. No, I I love it, man.
0: All right, team. I hope you enjoyed that great episode with Chris Kirby. If you haven't tried his product, make sure you get out there and get yourself some Ithaca hummus. It's amazing, especially the buffalo flavor. You'll really like it. But it's amazing to hear how somebody just went to college with a vision of saying, hey, I'm going to start a business when I come out of here. And he's decided to start that business while he was still in school, went to a farmer's market, built velocity and proof of concept behind his product. And he just went after it. And that's a mindset and it's an attitude. Now he's talented, but you could just have that mindset and that belief in your product and in yourself and go build something great. So that's what we want from you. Go out there and build something great make it happen and don't stop until you get what you want. This is coach Dana Cavalier, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Becoming a Champion show. We have more to come. Make sure you check in next week and thanks for being a part of the show. See ya.